I want to talk today about volunteer work. It might sound like small potatoes, you know, the sort of thing that people do when they don't have anything else to do. But consider these numbers. Tens of millions of volunteers contribute billions of hours a year to hundreds of thousands of nonprofit organizations. So lots of good work gets done, but that's not all. Here's another number that might surprise you. When it's all added up, volunteer work amounts to $100 billion in value to America's economy. That's a big deal. And it's led Scott Rodelitz and others to raise some important questions. Why are some valuable organizations scrambling for volunteers, while others are deluged with more people than they can possibly use? On the other hand, how can frustrated volunteers find the kinds of opportunities that suit their skills and their passions? Scott Rodelitz is an assistant professor at UCLA Anderson's School of Management. His specialty is finding ways to use the so-called sharing economy to promote social good. Hello again, I'm Armin Alney, and this is How the World Works, a podcast of UCLA Anderson, and I am delighted to welcome Scott Rodelitz. Great to have you with us. Thanks, Warren. Excited to be here. Let's talk a little bit more just before we begin about the importance of volunteer work to economic value. It's huge. Yeah, so I think people often overlook this. There's both the formal volunteering that people do through organizations, and then, of course, there's the informal volunteering that people do just helping their neighbors. And all of these are of vital importance. And the numbers that you're sharing represent just the formal side of volunteerism. So the things you do on a day-to-day -day basis also add up beyond those already large numbers. But you have defined what is really, it seems to me, a twofold challenge. On the one hand, getting the right number of volunteers to the places that they are needed. And on the other, finding ways that volunteers can find the places where they want to be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're in this world where there's uh, a lot of places that need help and also a lot of people that are willing to volunteer their time. And because there are so many people on both sides of this marketplace, it's hard to find the right match. Uh, and that's where some of our work has come in. Once again, the numbers are astounding. How many thousands of volunteer organizations? Yeah, so there's over a million nonprofits in the US, and most of these, a majority of them, involve volunteers to some extent, and a large fraction of them are exclusively volunteer run. So, yeah, huge. And at the same time, there are an awful lot of people who want to volunteer. Yeah, yeah. Right around a third of Americans each year volunteer, and this is you know something that a lot of people have been involved in. And uh, yeah. So it's all organized in an interesting way. There are these volunteer recruiting platforms that are organized according to categories. Tell us how that works. Let's begin to get into the details. So if you're a volunteer and you're looking for a place to use your time, the tricky thing is how do you find the right opportunity? And so one way that people have started to you know, sort through all of the different opportunities that exist out there is by using these kind of clearinghouse websites. So there's a few different examples of these. One that we've been working with is Volunteer Match. When you go to one of these websites, one way that you can search for different opportunities is by searching for a particular type of organization. So maybe an organization that helps with the elderly, an organization that helps with animal rescue, an organization that helps with hunger, so many different categories, all of which cater to different volunteers and their different interests. 
So what's wrong with the way that that's working? How is it that people aren't getting distributed in the best possible ways? Yeah, so so in some ways that can work quite well if you have a bunch of different volunteers that all have very disparate interests and go to a wide range of opportunities, that can work quite well. The challenge that a lot of organizations run into, including Volunteer Match, is that sometimes volunteers predominantly prefer the same organization, the same types of organizations. And this leads to certain organizations getting way too many volunteers than they can handle, while others who are almost equally as popular, just by virtue of how these platforms work, aren't getting anywhere near the attention that they deserve or should get from these volunteers. Should point out, you indicated there's a lot of these groups. AmeriCorps is one of them. Idealist is another. Just Serve is yet another. And you're working with Volunteer Match. And you have devised something in order to try to deal with these issues, which is called Smart Sort. What's that? Yeah, exactly. So all of these different platforms that you mentioned, you know, they work in a variety of ways, but they all rely to some extent on a recommendation algorithm. And what this means is that when a volunteer shows up, you want to give them a suggestion of what they should sign up for. Maybe this is based on their location or their interests that they've expressed. Whatever it's based on, you want to provide some way for them to sort through all of the different opportunities that exist without having to look through every single one because there's so many. And so different organizations, again, approach this in different ways, but all of them struggle with the challenge of making sure that you show both the most attractive ones to each volunteer but also a wide variety, because otherwise you end up with this unfortunate situation where a small number of organizations are getting all of the signups where others are not. So what we've done with Volunteer Match is take this recommendation algorithm that they had, which was primarily based on what they thought would be most appealing to every single volunteer, and introduced a small feedback loop that says, once an organization has gotten volunteers to sign up, we're going to start prioritizing the organizations that haven't gotten signups recently. Are there examples of times when people have wanted to volunteer and there's been a big effort to do it, and yet they have overwhelmed some of the organizations available and yet not been able to supply enough to others? Yeah, you, you definitely get into these situations for, for various reasons. So often this has to do with a large spikes in interest due to particular events. So one example that Volunteer Match has looked into is after the George Floyd's murder, there was a large spike in volunteering interest in social justice causes. And so one thing that's challenging is that a small subset of these organizations can be very popular on Volunteer Match. And that's great. But all of a sudden, these organizations, which are built to handle a small number of volunteers, have a ton of interest from different folks. And Volunteer Match wants to be able to use that attention and spread it among different organizations, all of which can support social justice in a variety of ways. And so this requires adjusting their recommendation algorithm so that the same organization is not always the one that's recommended first. So how do you do that and be fair to everybody, I guess, at the same time? Yeah, exactly. So we're always concerned about this principle of giving organizations the attention that they deserve while also trying to look for something that's globally best for all of the different nonprofits that use Volunteer Match to help them find volunteers. And so what had happened was that, you know, just by virtue of how the algorithm was originally set up, certain organizations were getting lucky, getting fortunate, and being put on the top of this recommendation algorithm pretty much every single time someone searched for, say, the cause of social justice. 
And so what we've done is suggest to them that, hey, you should have some essentially round robin style algorithm where instead of showing the same organization at the top every time, you provide a little bit of circularity in what you're recommending so that different organizations that originally weren't getting any signups at least have the opportunity to get some attention from volunteers. And so in this way, the goal is that we show a similar type, a similar set of organizations, but we're able to spread the volunteers that sign up among a wider variety in a more fair, a more equitable way. Do you get any feedback from the organizations that have been listed at the top that all of a sudden might not be listed as much as they were before? Great question. So this is something that we're cognizant of and sensitive to. But one thing I, I want to really emphasize is that it's not like these organizations that were getting a lot of signups were benefiting by and large. So for the most part, when you get a lot of signups, you know, say 100 in a week on volunteer match, you don't have the resources to even respond to all of those 100 volunteers. You can't utilize them in an effective way. And so what happens is these organizations either ignore the volunteers or expend kind of costly resources to screen them and train them only to not benefit from their participation to the extent that they should be able to do if it was a smaller number. And on the other side, if you're a volunteer and you really want to you know, support this social cause and no one contacts you, or if they do, but there's not much for you to do, that's really discouraging. And it makes you less likely to use websites like Volunteer Match in the future if you think that they can't connect you to a place that really does need you. And so what we're trying to do is, is not you know, in any way harm these organizations. We're both trying to be a bit more fair, be a bit more equitable but also get you know, the most out of these volunteers to meet their expectations and help them you know, make a difference. So how do you do it? What we've done is work with Volunteer Match to calibrate their recommendation algorithm. And we've kept most of it the same. We've just introduced a small change. If someone signs up for an organization, that organization is slightly deprioritized for a short period of time. And the idea here is that way, the organizations that were originally on the top aren't going to get to 100 signups in a week or anything resembling that. As soon as they get a signup, they'll move a little bit down the list. And as they get more and more, they'll be a little bit further down. And if there's one thing that we've learned from, from both nonprofit platforms, but also websites like Amazon or eBay, whatever's shown at the top gets a disproportionate amount of attention from the people who visit those sites. And so by moving these organizations slightly down in the list, we're able to ensure that volunteers see a wide range and sign up for a wide range of organizations and opportunities. So there's no list that's just sort of sitting there all the time. It's dynamic, it moves, it changes. There are a few different things that change anytime a different person searches. So they're gonna show you things that are close to where you live. So for example, if I search in Los Angeles and someone else searches in Atlanta, they're gonna see a different set of you know, volunteering opportunities than I'm gonna see. Before we got involved, if two people searched from Los Angeles, they would generally see the same set of opportunities if they searched on the same day, for example. And so what that meant is that a small number of, of organizations in the Los Angeles area were going to get a lot of the signups. Now, what we've done is make this list much more dynamic, like you suggested, such that there's way more variety in what people searching in Los Angeles see towards the top of their recommendations. How does this work for people who are frustrated because they're making a lot of applications to do volunteer work, but they're not hearing anything back? This is a real challenge. It's something that I've experienced. What we've seen is that by implementing our change to their recommendation algorithm, there hasn't been any dip in the number of signups that are occurring, 
But those signups have been distributed much more effectively across a range of organizations. So there's many more organizations that are getting a single signup in each week than there were before. And so what that means is that, you know, if you're an organization and you're on volunteer match, you're hoping to get volunteers to sign up. If you didn't get one before and you now get one, that's going to lead you to have, a, you know, a much stronger connection with that volunteer than an organization would have if they got 50 signups and you're just one of their 50 volunteers. So our hope is that this has connected these volunteers much more closely to the organizations that they're involved with. You've used in your research a couple of terms that it seems to me are worth exploring. One of them is efficiency and the other is equity. I think you've elaborated on what both they mean, but uh, explain them, if you will, uh, in terms of definitions. You know, efficiency and equity are big concepts and they can mean a lot of different things in a variety of settings. For us, we tried to keep this idea of efficiency to be in line with Volunteer Match's metrics for their website. So for example, Volunteer Match, if you go to their site, they proudly display the number of connections that they've made between volunteers and organizations. And so this is you know, what we think of as efficiency. Now, does that mean that each of those connections is valuable in the same way? Not necessarily, right? One of those connections can be the hundredth volunteer that you've connected with an organization. And so maybe that volunteer is not getting much done. But we're going to think of, of the total number of connections that Volunteer Match makes as efficiency in our work because we want to try to keep that about the same. Our real goal was to improve equity. And here what we mean by equity is the distribution of these volunteers across the organizations. And so the idea is that if we're able to keep efficiency the same but improve equity, that's going to improve outcomes for all different organizations. Like I said, the ones that get too many are now not going to be overburdened. The ones that didn't get any are now going to be happy. And the volunteers are going to have this closer connection with the organizations that they work with. And so by improving this distributional equity of volunteers across organizations, our aim is to improve the outcomes for all participants in Volunteer Matches Marketplace. You talked about social justice. Uh, are there various kinds of enterprises and, and volunteer efforts uh, that are different from others that are effectively uh, that are differently affected uh, by uh, the kind of analysis you're using. Yeah, that's a great question. One thing to note is that on Volunteer Match, they often don't get information about the causes that people are interested in. Most of the time, their search results are based just on where a person is searching from. And so, one other challenge that we've been talking to them about is how to manage this trade-off between the information that you have about a person and the time it takes to get that information, the friction that you introduce in the search process. So you can imagine if you show up to a website and you're looking for a volunteering opportunity, there might be some value in that organization asking you a lot of questions about what types of causes you're interested in, what times you're available, what skills you have that might be particularly valuable to a volunteering organization. And so there can be value in them getting that information and making recommendations based on that. However, you probably don't want to fill out a questionnaire for an hour in order to first see your first set of volunteering recommendations. There can be an amount of information that they try to gather, which is too much. And so what we've tried to do is talk with Volunteer Match about how they can manage this trade-off and ultimately use whatever information that they do acquire to provide you with good suggestions. So the organizations then have a better way of choosing those volunteers that they're going to accept. You know, one of the challenges that arose with Volunteer Match's original algorithm is that 
because they didn't have great personalized information about each volunteer, a lot of the suggestions that they made were the same from one searching volunteer to another. And that led to this concentration of volunteers in a few particular organizations. Now, if they were to get a lot of information about different volunteers, the hope is that these interests are different enough that it would also help with this equity in terms of distributing volunteers across organizations. So one thing that, that Volunteer Match is working on is building out their data infrastructure in order to have more fine-grained information about volunteers when they search so that they can provide more personalized recommendations instead of these more generic global recommendations that are based predominantly on the location of where you're searching from. How does this work for the people who want to do the volunteering? Are they liable to find that they are you know, rejected for some reason? Are they given alternatives that might be just as satisfying to them as the one they originally tried for? Yeah, that's a great question. The way Volunteer Match works is by connecting volunteers to organizations and then letting them proceed how they choose. There's so many different organizations out there that operate in different ways. Once they make that connection, they let the organization and the volunteer go from there. And so if you have a, you know, a bad experience, maybe you don't get contacted, maybe you do show up, but they don't need you. The only way to, to reconnect using Volunteer Match is to visit the website again, search again, and hope that you find you know, a better list of opportunities to sign up for. Now we've heard the theory behind it all. How has it worked out in progress? You've actually tried this in a couple of places. We've run a few experiments. We've run one in the Dallas area and one in the Southern California region, Los Angeles, San Diego. Both times we got very similar results. So the implementation of our, our new algorithm led to no change in the total number of signups, but a, a significant jump in the distribution of signups across organizations. So basically we met exactly the goals that we were aiming for in, in implementing this algorithm. And based on those promising results, Volunteer Match has made SmartSort the default recommendation algorithm on their website. You're doing this with Volunteer Match. What about AmeriCorps and Idealist and JustServe and the others uh, that are providing these kinds of platforms? Are they taking a look at this? Are they interested? So these different organizations all work in slightly different ways. Again, some of them try to solicit more information from volunteers before they provide a list of recommendations. Others of them operate like Volunteer Match and try to suggest a set of opportunities that might be amenable to you based on, again, your location, perhaps some signal of your interests. We don't know exactly how these different organizations are approaching the same problem. You know, many organizations try to keep their algorithms private. But we have been trying to publicize the work that we've done with Volunteer Match, and Volunteer Match has been open about the work that they've been doing. And so we're hoping that this will lead to further advances in the sophistication of these different volunteer matching websites. So you work once again with the sharing economy. Tell us in, in which way the sharing economy has been able to contribute to improved efficiency and equity in this area of volunteer work. Yeah, so there's tons of other marketplaces that have sprung up in the last 20 or so years that use the digital economy to improve their operations. So a few examples might be Amazon or eBay. And even closer to this volunteer matching context, you have a lot of online job market platforms that help job seekers find various employers. And so all of these different organizations use 
data-driven algorithms to help connect buyers and sellers or job seekers and jobs. And a lot of these approaches can be used to some extent in the volunteer matching context. And so we've tried to take a lot of these ideas into account when we're designing our algorithm, keeping an eye on marketplace health and efficiency and different goals of equity in the marketplace. But it really has a broader application than just volunteer work. Exactly. So you can think about it from the context of a place like Indeed or Monster.com that's trying to help job seekers find various jobs. Now, one challenge that you can run into is if there's one particular job that you recommend 100 people to or 200 people to or 1000 people to, you know, that job needs only one person. And so you get this very inefficient setting where you have a thousand applicants for the single job. Now that's bad for the organization that has to screen all of these different thousand people that you suggest to them. And it can also be detrimental for those job seekers. You know, they're potentially wasting their time interviewing with this organization. And so one role that these platforms play is thinning the market on both sides. It suggests maybe a smaller set of strong candidates for jobs, and it suggests a smaller list of suitable jobs for different job seekers. And this idea of helping market participants find a smaller, more appropriate set of options is exactly what Volunteer Match is trying to do and what we're trying to help them with. So obviously, some companies that are at the top of the list asking for volunteers may just be good at it. Maybe they've got better ways of doing it than others do. That's a really interesting, interesting question. And it's one thing that we've explored to a fairly significant extent. One thing I haven't talked about is the different ways that organizations find volunteers through Volunteer Match. So, so far, I've focused on Volunteer Match's internal recommendation algorithm. And that does account for a majority of the connections that are made on Volunteer Match. That algorithm doesn't depend much on the different organizations' characteristics. It's predominantly driven by location. And so there's a little bit of gaming that these organizations can do, but not so much. Now, the way they can have a really big impact is through external postings that they make. So many organizations will advertise their page on Volunteer Match through other social media channels, say Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or LinkedIn. And these links that they post can also bring volunteers in. Now, that's one way that they can bypass the recommendation algorithm. And it's not something that, you know, we haven't changed that in any way. So the organizations that were particularly successful in this way, presumably they want the number of volunteers that they're getting, but we haven't impacted their ability to recruit those volunteers in a meaningful way. And in fact, we've studied this in a, a more theoretical setting to try to understand how Volunteer Match's recommendation algorithm should account for these external links that organizations post. And we found that some minor changes to commonly used recommendation algorithms account for this traffic extremely well and without negative repercussions in terms of the distribution of volunteers. One term that we've used in the past when we've talked and that I've seen in your research is penalties. That's one way you refer to the way in which you uh, reduce the demand for the top lists and try to increase the number of availabilities. Do you get feedback from the top companies when you do that? So we haven't gotten any feedback from the particular organizations. One thing that we have done is work closely with Volunteer Match to calibrate the degree to which we penalize organizations after each signup that they get. And there's a couple of different components to this. One is the degree to which we penalize organizations for a signup. And the other is how long that penalty lasts. 
So right now we've introduced a pretty small penalty per signup and one that expires each week. And so this allows organizations to get a fairly consistent stream of volunteers, but hopefully avoids situations where they get a surprising burst in a very short period of time, which is the real challenge when you're thinking about, you know, overwhelmed volunteer management staff and other concerns of that nature. Sure, they don't want them to go away all of a sudden. Yeah, it's much more sustainable for an organization if they get one volunteer to sign up every week for a year, as opposed to if they get 50 signups each year, but those 50 all concentrated within the same week. You mentioned Uber and Lyft and other commercial organizations. Does this apply beyond the volunteer area? So there are definitely parallels beyond the volunteer area. The further you get, the more general the parallels are. So certainly there's strong connections between what we've done and what job clearinghouse platforms are also trying to do when they connect employees and employers. But there's also connections to the broader landscape in two-sided marketplaces. Obviously, this has been a huge part of the gig economy, of the sharing economy. So even platforms like Uber and Lyft, they have their own version of recommendation algorithms, or in their case, it's maybe stronger than a recommendation that pairs a driver with a rider. And here they're thinking about the same types of questions that we're thinking of with much tighter constraints in terms of timing, in terms of location, and a bit less consideration in terms of heterogeneous preferences. You know, if you're a driver, you don't care so much about the different riders that you might have other than where they're going and whether or not they're going to be, you know, respectful of your car. Those organizations, they have to, you know, make very quick real-time decisions about who goes where. Mostly they're concerned with efficiency, but in recent years, these platforms have also started to think a lot more about equity and about ways in which their recommendation algorithm might be deprioritizing drivers or riders based on certain characteristics that they want to avoid being unfair towards. This is absolutely fascinating. Are there any things that I haven't asked you about that you feel are important that you want to make sure people know? So I think one thing that people don't realize is both the ease at which you can get involved and the impact that you can make when you, in this case, not even pick up the phone, not even go outside necessarily. So with COVID, a lot of volunteering opportunities became digital, became virtual. And so, you know, on Volunteer Match, they were able to make this very quick transition towards promoting virtual opportunities to get people involved in supporting organizations in whatever way they could when in-person contact was not safe, was too risky. As things have transitioned back towards in-person volunteering, that's been you know, great for a variety of reasons in terms of some critical volunteering work that wasn't able to be done during the pandemic. But there is still this sizable fraction of work on Volunteer Match that gets done virtually. Now, there are huge advantages to that in the sense that it allows people from all across the country, all across the world, to support causes that they otherwise maybe wouldn't have been able to support. But it also introduces challenges in that there's now way more different opportunities that people can get involved in than they previously could. And so this has made this work even more important. If you think about if everyone searching in the LA area sees the same things on the top of the recommendation list, that's one thing. If everyone searching across the world for virtual opportunities all sees the same thing at the top of the recommendation list, that can be a problem on a completely different scale. And so our work, it's been particularly important for these virtual opportunities where we think that the congestion issue of, of having so many volunteers signing up for the same thing can be even more amplified. Are you at just the beginning of this research? Is there more that you want to do? We think we've done a good job setting up a framework for Volunteer Match to improve the equity of the distribution of volunteers while maintaining efficiency. 
But we do think that there's many more things that they can do to further fine tune their recommendation algorithm. So one thing that we've talked about has been improving information that they have about volunteers when they search. And we think we've provided them with a recipe for how to introduce this information into the algorithm that we helped design for them. But we do think that you know, with additional data and with additional uh, information on volunteers, these types of improvements would be possible. Well, it is fascinating to hear you talk about it. Scott Rodelitz, again, Assistant Professor at UCLA's Anderson School of Management. Thank you so much for finding creative ways of promoting social good. I think that's an extraordinarily important goal, and it's wonderful to hear you talk about it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Art. Once again, I'm Mormon Alney with How the World Works. Always different, always interesting. Thanks for listening this time. Join us again. <laughs>